Oh, yes, here we go. The world premiere of Game Over, the new baseball here. podcast. Here we go, buddy. Yeah, my name is uh, Max Martin. It says Maxim, but that's what they say in French. But I thought, you know, we'd get, you know, to be a little more familiar. So Max Martin, a lot easier to say. If you don't know who I am, it's perfectly normal. I'll introduce myself after. But, of course, I'll, pre- I'll introduce my co-host, who needs, obviously, no introduction, Mr. Eric Gagne. Eric Gagne. I'm What's gonna up, say- Maxim? How are you, my man? <laughs> I'm doing well, man. You're live in Phoenix at your house right now, which I'm pretty jealous of, of course. And uh, I'm live in Montreal in the studios of uh, La Poche Bleue, who, uh, for those who don't know, uh, they have actually a podcast uh, about hockey. Uh, they've brought in the horizon. Now they're actually producing four or five podcasts. We're their new baby, if I can call it that. Uh, first, yeah. and uh, yeah, the baseball podcast. And The rookies. Uh, exactly, the rookies. we're the rookies. So, yep. and uh, like I said, the name of the, the production house is uh, La Poche Bleue. And um, if you ask me to translate that, it's going to start off in a wrong way, I guess. <laughs> you I'll give you a hint. It's, it's blue, whatever. Anyway, you got the, you figure it out. Anyway, just, uh, just go look at it. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like, you know, I'd like to wait a little while before we, uh, and uh, obviously what you can, uh, you can uh, actually you've come down to the, conclu- the uh, conclusion. It's not the same budget for the background. Uh, you know, how, how am I supposed to rival? I, I can't. <laughs> I'm dealing with a guy who's got a Cy Young behind him. He's got like, where's the World Series plaque? It's not too far off. You know, you get, get beautiful stone in the back. I got the Cy Young's right. Expo. That, that's very funny when you're looking for your. Where did I put my Cy Young? I hate when yeah. I misplaced my Cy Young, honey. <laughs> did you see my Cy Young? And uh, uh, she funny. hasn't sold it yet, so that's good. <laughs> Yeah, if you had two, I can see, but one, man, you get to hold on to it. Um, so it's funny because when we started production meetings, uh, we uh, they said, uh, well, okay, what about what, what, what uh, how are we going to how are we going to decorate the the uh, the studio in Montreal? And uh, they have a couple of pictures, stuff you can have. So I came up with some stuff. I mean, they they, they zoom me because we just did a podcast. By the way, Game Over is a podcast, both in French and English, not in the same episode. Uh, we did the French version at uh, 8.30 tonight. Um, the English version obviously just started with a special guest. I'm going to plug it right away because I know on, on the internet you have like four or five seconds. People have like a four or five second attention span. Add on, you know, the pills and everything. So for today's, you know, attention span thing. Anyway, uh, our special guest today is Larry Walker. So there you go. Oh, okay. Now we got you hooked. There you go. Very special guest. Very special guest. Man, I have so many memories of... Ah, and, Great I'm memories, so and I'm reliving the pain I'm so, of. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. so nervous getting a Hall of Fame guy for a first guest. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like we got two guys here that have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> you know what you're doing. I don't really know what I'm doing, so I gotta have to. Uh, you can say we. My game. <laughs> if it makes you feel comfortable, you can say we. You won't feel alone in a boat. But I'll, I'll tell you, I'm as nervous as you. It's funny because, like I said, not the same subject. I guess they could, if they could zoom out. Uh, Behind me, we'll see the next podcast, but there's a picture of a, of a meeting on the mound between um, Gary Carter and Steve Rogers, who are two Expos great. 
And they said, what else can you bring? There's another uh, picture I have, which is not a baseball picture. But it's from Slapshot the movie. So you can't go wrong with that. You can fit that in with anything. With the famous quote, trade me right fucking now. That's it. That's right. Well, what, the, the, the podcast has been on for a minute and 45 seconds. And already I said my first word. Uh, I said fuck for the first time. So it might, ha- it might happen again, just to, to warn you. But uh, signed by uh, Denis. Uh, and then I got the ball signed by Carter. And it's funny because uh, I brought, uh, I didn't, uh, I found a bobblehead. From cold animals uh, that I got when I went to see the Phillies, the box is all roughed up. You tell me, Gags, is the bubblehead worth more if it's uh, still in the box, or if oh, I take boy. it out, am I, I going to ruin what it? Kind of box you got there? What is it? Anyway, it's the original just, box they uh, gave it to us. It's Amel thirty five. Yeah, just keep the box. Keep the box. Of course. You always any, anything, anything memorabilia, always better in the anything like any toys. I think. Maybe you get it signed outside a little bit. I'm sure he's gonna sign. Well, you know, with he's the connections you have, you'll you'll get. He's you, a good guy. You'll get Cole to 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 sign it for me, and uh, and of course, it's funny we forgot to mention it on the French podcast, but I'll mention it now. Um, I'm not gonna keep this. You know, this this can't stay like this forever. Uh, Max Lapierre, the hockey player, most of, a lot of you know him, who co-hosts with uh, Guillaume Natandres, who you also know, is pretty pretty fussy about you know the. Uh, You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's really professional. It's like, man, it's first impression. You know, we're gonna, we're gonna make that this first great impression. Come on, we have we have, gotta have a nifty studio. Come on, and, and this is what we show up with. So I know right now it's in convulsions. Sorry, Lappy. I know you're convulsing in a corner. I know you're trying to, you know, you're calling your mom. You know, and I know you're crying. That's okay. You know, I'll give you a hug after the show, but it'll get better. And actually, you know what? I'm encouraging people that are listening to us to send of send me stuff. So I can, because you, 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 um, well, I you, got a guy for you. I got a guy, Perry G. Perry G's got all the expo. You got the, God, he's got everything. So I think I'll be hooked you up. All right. Here's a start. But you know, I want, I want something from every team. I don't, I don't want this to be like, you know, like an expo's graveyard. You know what I mean? I don't want, I don't want everything I get. It's just like, you know, a, a sad memory of, you know, how I lost my team, like what, over 15 years ago. So, uh, anyway, see, already I'm down. God, and plus we're gonna have you know we can have I'm gonna I'll call him Larry now I'll say I'll say Mr. Walker when uh, when uh, when he gets on, but um, out of respect I'll say it once because I know I'm pretty sure he's gonna say uh, uh, call me Larry which will be hard to do because I mean I admire anyway I mean I, he's, and he's younger than me just like you but anyway and um, so here it is uh, to uh, to give you an idea of what Game Over is all about uh, you know we when uh, Eric and I talked about uh, doing a podcast we figured you know so many podcast deal about deal about like you know the daily news of uh, of, of what ha- what's happening in the in the major league baseball we thought we of course cover what's happening uh within the lines but also outside the dugout i guess let's call it that outside the game and have more of a social aspect to what the game's all about uh and hopefully and also put you know put some light also on the future prospects of canada Uh, we just yep. talked to, uh, on the French side, we talked to Charles Leblanc, a Quebec product who uh, played with the Marlins last year, and I was back in AAA, but, you know, knocking on the door. We got other guys, too, and on the English side, I mean, you know, the list, it goes on and on and on, so, uh, and that's what we want to, we hopefully can do, put some highlight, and uh, to, so, you know, people to get excited and start following the game. The kids are, like, you know, take over the game pretty soon. We got, we have, like, a pretty decent Canadian roster if we if we look at the WW, you know, at the WBC. You know, yeah, I mean, you're, you're looking at guys that really. We talk about the French Canadian early. There's not, there's four right now that you're touching AAA big leagues. But then on the Canadian side, there's a lot of really. We're talking about the Naylor brothers. Yeah. We got a lot of kids that are coming up. Uh, Eduard, Eduard Julien, Otto Lopez, all these yeah. guys are really, really good. They're knocking on their. But uh, baseball, baseball in Canada is in really good shape. I think it's good. There's a lot of big problems. Programs are doing really good, so 
it's exciting. That's our goal. Really kind of show these kids like who they do they want what kind of what kind of prospects do we have here in uh, in Canada. Yeah. And before we st- we kick this off, uh, it's funny enough because I mean I have to share something. I was gonna wear like I didn't know what I didn't know if I was gonna wear like a baseball shirt. I got like I got this. Someone someone gave me uh, uh, obviously an old uh, White Sox uh, jersey back from the uh, from the Black Sox days, and um, I didn't know if I, I said if I wear a baseball shirt on the first show of Game Over, it's pretty tacky, man. It's like you know. So this is what the. Uh, I wear on when I do a show because uh, for those of you who don't know me, uh, I'm a stand-up comedian here in Montreal. Uh, I've hosted radio shows. I had a sitcom with my daughter, a best-selling book, and uh, I also do triathlons. I'm a triathlete. I'm an Iron Man. So uh, I don't want to brag. You're, you're exactly. a real athlete. Right? No, no, you kick and my by, ass. And by the way, that jersey you got—that was I got drafted. That's kind of it's kind of cool. Yeah, White Sox. I was drafted by the White Sox. I think it was the 30th round. 30th round. At least there's at least there's something to do with the game over. That's funny because you know when you get there after the thirtieth round, you have a business decision. Were you finished? Had you done your two years of JUCO? No, actually, that was actually after high school. Okay. To, uh, uh, Edouard Montpetit in yeah. Montreal, and high school I, in I Montreal, got signed yeah. out of high school. Yeah, I got signed out of high school, and then that's when after I, I didn't sign with the White Sox, but that's kind of where yeah. I was. Did they offer you? Did they offer you money? How much? How much? Not enough. Not enough. Not no, but thirtieth round. Come on. Thirtieth <laughs> round is no money. It's draft and follow. Back in the days, it could draft you. And really, kind of follow you for a year. And decided, and I went back in the draft, went to Team Canada, and then I, I signed a free agent. Wise Dodge, choice, man. Wise yeah. choice. Wasn't bad. Yeah, can't complain. No, because I figure, because, you know, and way back then, when back in your days, can I say that? I'm older than you, so I can say that. I can say back yeah, in yeah, your days. You um, I think it was like 50 rounds, wasn't there? Six. Uh, I think it was 62 rounds. Mike Piazza 52. was the last no, no, f- Yeah, 52nd 52. round. Yeah, exactly. It's funny because if you're Mr. Relevant in the NFL, it's seven rounds times 30 teams, oh, yeah. you know? So, uh, you know, but if, if, you're, if you're Mr. Relevant out of 52 rounds of 30 major league teams, man, that's and you make it to the majors, Brock that's Purdy, sorry, move over. I'm sorry, but I mean, you know, exactly. So uh, Piazza didn't make it to the major leagues. He made it to the pretty impressive. You played with him for a Pretty while, impressive. didn't you? When you, I when played. You, he was in the big leagues. I was just coming up in the. I didn't play, but I played just right behind him. Yeah, because when you made it up, he was gone with the Mets, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Marlins and then the Mets. Yeah. Oh really? I, see, I forgot about the Marlins. Marlins, yeah. But I, quick, I, I, try, I try about. I try to forget about the Marlins, because uh, to me, the Marlins will always be about Jeffrey Loria, who killed the Expos, and. Uh, yeah, but now we got LeBlanc. We got LeBlanc there, so that's. Yeah, but he's in let's get the positive so, part. Uh, we we yeah. lost our Expos, but that's okay. I don't know. I just I have a hard time with these organizations who seem to be, you know, stubborn and stuck on, like, you know, finding new ways to lose. I mean, <laughs> no, but I mean, they, they, first of all, the fact that they had a World Series back in the days. And it's funny. I'll, I'll tell you a story. They won a World Series. They'd sign, they'd sign uh, Mark Burley, uh, Ray S. at shortstop. I forget his first name. From the Mets. Or did they go to the Mets after? Anyway. And um, no, he had gone. Anyway. Anyway. And I forget the third name was the third baseman. Was it Bonilla? There's a lot of big names. Yeah, there was a, then they yeah moved. exactly. And they and after they won the World Series, I think the year or the year after, like two years after, they just sold everybody. They just tanked it. Got the new stadium first, then got rid exactly. Of it. What an asshole! <laughs> I have to say it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if there are kids listening. It's ten o'clock at night. If you're listening at ten o'clock, we're live right now. That's why. But uh, anyway, if you listen earlier, I'm sorry about the language. But it's a fucking asshole. I said it again. That's how. I'm, that's how angry I am. And it's funny because the year after, I was doing shows in Florida, so I went to see a spring training game, 
and uh, and the Marlins and the Cards share uh, the same facility, and uh, it was a Cards game because if it would have been a Marlins game, I wouldn't have gone. And uh, I've, I've evolved. Look, I went to see Charles Leblanc this year, and it was the Marlins. So I know against the Nationals. So I did step on my on my on my ego on that one. But back then, it was a Cards pregame, and the um, the store, the uh, what, yeah, the store, uh, not the gift shop, whatever you want to call it, and. Um, is split in half. Half of it was like for, uh, for uh, of course, uh, the cards. The other one for the Marlins. And it's That's funny Jupiter, I think. Exactly. And it's funny yep. because all the uh, all the jerseys of Burley, Reyes. God, I forgot the, the third baseman that sticks in my head. Not, was it Bonilla? Yeah, I think it was. No, oh, no. Uh, there, anyway. Was it? No, I think that was before that. I know. He was gone. Anyway, anyway, there's like three or four big names. And all the shirts were like, you know, 80% off. And I was just laughing my ass off. And I was talking to, like, Marlins fans there who were totally pissed off. And while I was talking, he would go, like, yeah, I have some kind of accent. Where are you from? And I'd go, Montreal. And we all just automatically connected because oh, yeah. that uh, – well, I know, I know our guest is listening now, so I'm not going to say the bad words again because <laughs> he's a pretty clean guy. But uh, what an F-A. I'm going to call him that. Uh, F-N-A, whatever. But It's tough. The I mean, we've been through a lot. We've been I through know. the ringers in Montreal. We've been through the ringer in Montreal. Yeah, it's hard. Man. It's hard to see the, the 94 Expos leave and all the greatest players that we think in our generation. I mean, I grew up with all those guys, so it's, it's very hard. But, you know, talk about guys like played in uh, Florida, guys like really good players. Yeah. I mean, just they had, they had good squat. I mean, the Expos, Expos yeah. are going to be like, you know, that's it's a little sad, but that's okay. We'll get over it. Well, it's okay, we, Max. We don't have a choice to talk it's okay, about Max. it. Let's Nobody get over that. No, I will never <laughs> get over bring it. Him back. We got to be positive. We're trying to bring him back. I know. <laughs> I know. It's funny. One of my fantasy one of the fantasy baseball team's name is ninety four scars, for the strike in ninety four that cost us. And I, and I said it in French. I'm going to say in English. And I want to learn Spanish to say in Spanish. The Atlanta Braves did not win twelve straight Eastern League titles. There's an asterisk on one of them. In 1994, we were beating him by over six games. I say we like I had something to do with it. But you know what I mean? We are beating them by six games with, with like less than a month left. Anyway, I got to calm down. Hey, Actually, that's okay. But you know what? I had 84 saves in but I did have a saves in the middle of that for the, that in Chicago. So it's like my 84 wasn't exactly 84. I had a saves in all. There you go. Yeah, thanks for trying to cheer me up, but it's not working. <laughs> I'm trying to get you over the hump. I know. I appreciate it. I really appreciate it. I feel, I feel the love. I feel the warmth. But uh, the scar is too deep. Even like almost like, what, 30 years later? I'm exaggerating, but uh, no, 20 years later. Um, no, 30 years. Jesus Christ, 94, of course. 2000. Been a while. Wow. And, uh, but I think we found a perfect shrink. I was going to actually uh, – the next segment is called what we call the warm-up, which is – obviously, you don't have a choice but to go around the league and see, you know, what, what our surprises are, what our deceptions, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, I'm going to get – he's online with us, so why don't – let's share this segment with him. Let's go to the warm-up and to welcome – our good friend, your good friend, I'm going to meet him for the first time, Larry Walker. Well, this is too, oh, there we go. Oh, my God. Wow. There's the man. Oh, What's geez. up, Juan? <laughs> I've, been, I've been 20 minutes trying to figure out how to do this stuff on my phone here. I, I, so I think you can hear me and see me. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's perfect. And you know what? Honestly, I really wish I could have grown a, a goatee because we'd look totally alike right now. I'd be so flattered, man. <laughs> 
You know, <laughs> that could be your double in any movie that you're going to be a part of. And uh, and I'm going to say, well, welcome to the show. And I'll say Mr. Walker once because out of respect for all the great memories. And I'll go back to Larry right away. Thanks for doing this for us. Well, it is my name, so I guess I can't complain with that. So <laughs> There you go. I gotta, I hey, Walk. Hey, Walk. Thanks for doing this, my man. I appreciate it. I know it's past your bedtime because you're in now. You're done. Yeah, you played 36 yeah. today, so sorry. Thanks for staying up for us, my yeah. man. Just 18, but I took 81 shots, so it wasn't too productive. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it is, man. It's something I've never – I'm not even close to that. I don't, I'm not even going to tell my score, man. I, I think if I played many parts, I would get 81. You know what I mean? So, uh, <laughs> But um, – and actually, um, I was going to say that um, <laughs> as soon as people found out that uh, you were going to be our first guest, it brought, brought up so many memories – Of, and I want to thank you on behalf of every Expos fan that you know that was fan that there were fans while you were with the team. And man, thank you for all the memories. We'll talk about that later on. Uh, like I said, I want to include you in the uh, in the what we call the warm up section. Right before that, I'm gonna have like a little confession because when Eric uh, emailed you to ask you to be on the uh, on the uh, on the broadcast on the podcast, I was I was attached to the email, and then you answered back, and I went, I swear to God, I went, <gasps> I have Larry Walker's email. <laughs> so I promise I won't write too often, no more than once a week. How's that? Is that a good deal? That, well, uh... well, it, it goes to that junk part of the mail, so I don't ever see it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. This is what our relationship's at. Okay, I'll accept it. I'll take the lumps that go with it. Um, the warm-up section is pretty much, you know, even though we want to talk about more of the social issue, the big issues of baseball, I think we have to go around the league right now. Who, what is a, who's the surprise team for you so far, and who's the disappointing team? The, the, the answers are obvious, but tell me why it is what it is, what it is right now. Well, I, I don't think anybody is expecting to see the Tampa Bay Rays be in 29-7 right now. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if, I mean, they, they might be decent, but they're not that good, so it's kind of crazy, and And then the disappointment is what the Cardinals are, are trying to do. They seem that they're, they're really falling apart for me. And, and uh, you know, being an ex-team of mine, is, it's, uh, it's hard to watch them fail as they are when there so much more is expected. But it's early. Yeah, but they, they won't, it won't last very long. I mean, you know how it that played the game. But, you know, I talk about baseball IQ. And I think that's what the Cardinals bring. I think it's just, I mean, you play there. That's kind of what they do. They play the game right. You got guys like yourself these guys that i've been there forever they played the game right and is that what you when you're is that kind of what the whole vibe was about just playing the game right playing the game hard playing nine innings that kind of the old school way a little bit yeah it, it, it was that you know and you know back when i was there you know tony la Russa was the manager and and it was always uh you know tony seemed to be a, an inning or two ahead of every other manager in the league as far as when it came to managing and And it was uh, pretty much fundamental stuff. You know, you always worked on getting a guy over. You worked on getting him over. The, the, there was a lot more hit and runs that were being done. I don't ever see a hit and run anymore. And no. uh, and just uh, just the basics of baseball, because uh, you know mm -hmm. it's uh, um, you know the, the the game was you know it's a little different this year with well it's it's back to normal I guess it's not different but than it was with all the shifts and everything. So the game's being played a little different with uh, all the speed coming back in the game that you didn't get to see before. You know, I always yeah, love it when uh, when I see, I don't know, when the Royals beat the Mets, what is it, like five, six, seven years ago? I mean, time flies. I love these, 
you know, underdog teams that surprise everybody. We talk about the Rays right now. To me, the Rays remind me of the Expos for exactly, you know, it's not the money they can spend like other teams. Just let's go through the system. I mean, their recruiting is amazing. The guys they lose are leave at the perfect time, and there's always someone behind to, to, to take their spot. And to me, you know, and I just, like I said, I take joy. What joy? It's not like I'm dancing on their grave. But when I see teams spending over $200 million and being in last place while these guys are grooming young kids, it makes me smile because, I mean, it's got to be that. I, I, I just – I think the Rockies where you played were a perfect example of, like, homegrown kids and let's get the right free agent. The right combination of both, to me, is a perfect team. But, to, like, to, you know, to buy nine guys, like a team of ringers, it just gets to me. No, and I agree with you on that. You know, you, I think we all know who the teams that are up there right now spending all the money and, and, and trying to buy themselves a World Series. But uh, then you see these young kids come along and gel and, and work together as a team and be successful. You know, it's much more gratifying to see that, especially as a former player, that, you know, these guys are, are, are working hard and figuring out the game without not just having, you know, six superstars come in that uh, you, you rely on all the time. And like, yeah, I mean, the, the, that's the, that's the whole point. I think we talked about the card thing else, play the game and all that stuff. And money can't buy you that. And the guys like Tommy, Tommy, Tony Larusa, and guys like Dave Roberts, I'll call him old school. Dave Roberts is not old school. He's a new in LA. But I mean, these guys that can manage personalities. This is what we talked about in the French in the, in the French uh, podcast part. You know, you can't. He can only. He can spend three hundred million. But if it doesn't match, it doesn't fit. You know, you don't have anything. You, don't you can't have buy chemistry. You, you can't buy chemistry. No. And I think that's kind of where – that's where we're trying to go with this. It's like the chemistry, you can't buy – have that. And it's very, very, very hard for people to understand this. And you're not in part – clubhouse is a big, big difference. And, like, they don't they, – you can't quantify that. The data now and everything else, they don't quantify leadership. I think that's kind of what you brought to the table. And then, you know, that's kind of where the Tony – these are guys, like, tell us a little bit more that guy like how did he bring those superstars because you guys had a lot of, you guys brought he brought everybody together uh tony or tony tommy lasorda back in the days he's just a motivator and that's kind of what he did right yeah i, I think i understood your, your 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 question there eric you're cutting in and out really bad i'm only getting sorry, about 30 percent of your words but but sorry. um but i um, I think, you know, if you looked at the Dodgers back in the day, they had an amazing lineup, but they had zero chemistry. You know, they had a, you know, some people I, I know talked about how the the different countries that everybody was from and trying to get all those countries to, melt, you know, join together and, and become one. And, and they struggled a lot of times. They always saw the dissension in the in the dugout and arguments and just no no chemistry on, on, on the field. Um, and that's one thing that always existed with the Cardinals, especially. It was it was right then. The, the coaches knew what Tony was trying to do, and it's something the organizations, you know, probably taught Tony along the way too. But uh, on just the Cardinal way, on on how they um, approach every game, um, how everything is studied, how all the the coaches and the meetings and everything that go on. So every game, there's no rock unturned that you, that you know, when the game starts, you're not going, oh, why didn't we go over that? You know. Pretty much everything's covered, so it's uh, it's it's well thought out plan that they have. I asked uh, Eric that question uh, off 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 the podcast in between podcasts. We're just chatting and stuff, and I'll ask, I'll ask you the question. I, it's a two parter question. Can you have too many stars on one team? And when it comes down to the trade deadline, uh, when you know there are going to be acquisitions. I mean, if you're in the hunt, if you're in the playoff hunt, if you're already you know if you're how much pretty sure to make the playoffs and stuff, you're going to go for the push. 
You know there's going to be a move. They might go get somebody who, without calling them a cancer in a locker room, but you know what I mean? Someone who's got like that strong personality that might not give out the right vibes. Are you guys consulted at all? Is there like, not every player, but I mean, we also know their leaders in the locker room. Is there like, is there some communication that goes like, look, if we bring this guy in, how do you guys feel about that? Are you consulted on, on some part of the, not being consulted on the trades, but do they take the weather, the temperature of the room? Well, the, the first part of your question was, can you have too many superstars? You know, and uh, you, you can, I guess, but it, I don't think it hurts not to have them all. I, and, you know, I think a good barometer for that right now will be the San Diego, San Diego Padres. They have a lot of superstars in their lineup. Now, can they perform as one great team? Well, it's so far not yet. You know, no. so I know there's been some been some injuries with Tatis and, and Soto and uh, Soto struggling and stuff. But, um, you know, that, that we'll see what happens with that. Um, and the other part, as far as bringing in somebody new, it, it's rare, at least in the times that I saw that, the team will consult the players or maybe a handful of the players, ones that have been around uh, the, the game along or, or with the team a long time. Um, for, for me, it happened once, but it was in the off season, so it didn't. Uh, <laughs> it, so it didn't didn't really make a difference. But uh, nothing during the season. It was just here's what's going on, and here's who's coming in, and here's who's going out. Does that ego actually once in a while just like stays outside the lines? You go, look, I'll just put up with it. I'll just shut up and I'll just, you know, I'm, we'll make the best of it. The goal room is, as soon as we cross that line, we st- as soon as we want to field, hopefully the goal is the main for everybody. Or do you have to remind some of these people? Like, you know what I mean? Is, is that a shakeup that goes down that we don't see of like, hey, dude, you know, shut the heff up or whatever. Like, you know, get, you're on this. You came over to us, by the way. You know, this is our way to do things. Have you ever seen those discussions? Obviously. Well, I think for most of the part, at least the, you know, the time I was, I've only traded one time. I, you know, Montreal was a, a free agency, yeah. and then I was traded from Colorado to St. Louis. So, um, and I went over there, and, and I assume everybody does it the same way. But I, I zip my mouth for a while until I got a feel for the land. You know, I, 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 I love to it. A feel for on, the land. That's right? great. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't want to go in there kicking and screaming or nothing. It was a veteran team. They were a zillion games over 500, so whatever they were doing was working. So I'm not going to go in there and try to disrupt things and and, and and cause a scene. So it's about just going in and just slowly fitting in with the guys, and it was an easy fit. Mm. Eric, you got one? We're, Can you going? hear me right now? Can you hear me walk? Yeah, we're hearing you now. <laughs> I got you. I got you. <laughs> so I got a question for you. I mean, it's crazy. Like, Who do you think would win? Like right now, you got old school, you got data, you got everything else. How much do you think that comes into play for trades? We're talking about trades, signing new guys. I mean, we know about old school, but how much do you think that comes into play now? The data and analytics and everything. Well, that's probably an impossible question for me to answer because some of these letters that they put together and they stand for something, I guess. I don't know what the <laughs> hell they are. So. I love it, man. <laughs> so you. Uh, I just, I just, you look at a guy and say, that guy's good. And here's what he's doing great Mm -hmm. on the field and all these other BFs and T to B D's and AF, whatever. I don't even know what the hell they all are. (laughs) Wars, F wars or something. I don't know. uh You you got me. You got me. Ex-Woba. There's a lot of things. Sounds like a Star Wars, Star Wars. Hit the ball ball hard. Hit the ball hard. Yeah, that's it. See the ball, hit the ball. Guy, you hit it, the guy runs and catches it and throws it in. There you go. Who can do it the best? well, I, simple, right? I still think instincts will always be part of the game. We're trying to shove it out. You know, like as soon as they're talking about robots calling, you know, the strikes and uh, 
and stri- balls and strikes, I find it's horrendous. I mean, of course I get mad when there's a bad call, but I mean, the human angle, the human uh, effect has to be part of the game. You know, you can't imagine having a robot calling game and just, uh, just putting an empire as, as t- for show type of thing, you know? I mean, the, the game is supposed to be about right and wrong. It's supposed to be like all these calls being made or not. And just like I said, the, the instinct's supposed to be... Man, I, I, sometimes I see guys coaching where I, I can almost send, send their flipping pages to, re, to find the right number and the right thing. I mean, can't you manage from your gut? And would you live with Larusa? I mean, of course, you know, last year or two years ago with the White Sox, we saw like an older Larusa who had maybe be passed by the game, but still back in the days, these managers, Lasorda, Larusa, we can name in like we can name twenty names in a row. They manage from the gut. Yeah, I mean, I get the game has changed, you know, and it's 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 changed, you know, from 50 years ago. Never mind, just within the last 10 to 15 years, how much has changed. But so you roll with the changes, and I guess you you got no choice but to do it. So, um, I, I you know what the, the the analytical part of the game, I think, pl- played a part in in my induction. So I guess I can't be too harsh on it. It, it worked it worked in my favor. <laughs> okay, so you use it when it's an advantage to you, obviously. But yeah, um... exactly. Hey, we're gonna. T- it's time to uh, to go to the next segment. You're staying with us because obviously you're part of the segment. It's time to say to uh, what we call rundown. Well, the rundown, Larry. Now that we're intimate, we can say that. Uh, let's talk about the Expos, man. Let's talk about those days. I, I have to relive it. I mean, f- since we started the podcast, you should see the amount of number, I'm the man, numbers of messages we're getting of people saying hi to you. People still remember you greatly in this town, man. I remember there was something, man. There was something about that stadium when it was full. I always said I remember going to see games, and for some reason, like '94 season was frustrating because you guys were so ahead. And the years before or after, it would always come down the last couple of weekends. It was always tough to watch, you know, like, you know, the last second, uh, you know, losses that would, you know. I remember watching um, a series against the Phillies. We were a part of it. And it was like having a hockey crowd at a baseball game. Am I right when I'm saying a, like a packed Olympic stadium in the playoff kind of atmosphere, like a, a stretch down the season to make the playoffs was the noisiest place in baseball? Yeah, I've I've said it before. It's it's a quote that I've said before. When you know, you you get in those games and the place would be absolutely shaking. You get down to first base and you can't even have a conversation with the first baseman because it's so dang loud. Really? So, no, I, I I know exactly what you're talking about, and uh, I, I I wish we could talk about more of those scenarios because they were unfortunately far and few between because we had so many disappointing years there. But uh, but the times when we were we were pushing for the pennant there late in the seasons and the you know, the crowd was going nuts. I remember yeah. the Phillies series you're talking about. There was an Atlanta series that was really crazy as well. And, um, yeah, just great memories, obviously, for me and for you. Yeah, of course, yeah. And you know what? Here was the frustrating thing. I mean, I, I'm 40, I'm 53, so, you know, when I started following baseball, it was like, you know, all the kids were coming up, the Dawson, the Carter, the Rogers. Uh, I can go on and go on. Was it Tim Foley, who I think was shortstop at the time before he got mm-hmm. traded. Uh, Bill Spires, uh, and like I said, so on. Valentine, look, I gotta stop naming names. We get the point, Max. It's okay, you know. And it was like that for like over like you know almost like uh, the, the twenty years I followed the Expos till the '94 until they start crumbling. But you know, you're part of an, org- an organization that's not a good that's not gonna go out and sign the big names when you come up because you guys had the same thing. You had that great you know 
uh, you, Grissom, Wetland, I mean, you know, all, all came through the system. What's it like when you know that you're in, a, in an organization that will be conservative when it comes down to the free agency? Well, for the years I was there, we didn't, that didn't, didn't matter much to us because we, we were constantly the getting awarded the farm system you know, of the year yeah. in baseball because of, of the homegrown talents we had down below, you know, and, and as you talked about earlier with the trade and, and going to another team or at free agency and you go to another team, how you got to kind of feel your way into it. Well, we had our guys coming up from the minor leagues and, you know, everybody in the major league team already knew these guys. They, you know, these kids were at spring training already with us. So there was already relationships built with everybody. They were just, you know, still uh, getting molded down in, in the minor leagues before they got to come up to the major league. So the friendships and uh, the camaraderie are already all there when these guys got called up, including myself. It's funny. I got, because- I got a question, Larry. Do you believe Expo? I mean, I think, you know, we're a hockey team. But I mean, I I believe in it. I think if that team wasn't broken up in '94. I believe that would have been a dynasty. You, you still think you believe that? Yeah, I, I don't. I've said that as well, guys. Uh, if if uh, if that hadn't happened and things would have been kept together, you know, I wasn't let go. Grissom wasn't let go. You know, the list goes on, as you guys know. Yeah. And and the team team kind of got dispersed around the league. That uh, perhaps the next year after that horrible 94 season when it all ended and perhaps the next year we keep that team together there's a world series and if there's a world series then who who knows what that's going to do to the city to the ownership and everybody involved and it keeps the players there and and that that dynasty and that team sticks together for who knows two three four years uh, who knows what that would have been but there could have been some incredibly winning seasons there and having some ticker tape parades going down St. Catherine's yeah. somewhere, you know, so it would have been great. Wow. Yeah. I'm sorry. I have to reminisce for a second, but uh, <laughs> I'm, we're, we're going back. Yeah, to a commercial break, commercial break. You can wipe away some tears. Get angry there, Max. Max. Angry Max. <laughs> yeah. It's going to like, wipe that little tear coming up. It's just like, no, but I mean, it just, I've said it before and I'm keep saying it again. You know, I don't think, I don't think the Montreal Canadiens are going to win another standing cup unless the Nordiques come back or the Expos come back because I mean, it's not the intentions on one team. And that's what was great about the Expos. You know, it gave us something to think about outside of like, you know, if it was a good season for the Canadians, the Expos were a compliment to it. If it was a bad season, you know, the, ex- the Expos would change their minds and vice versa. You guys brought us George for the whole summer and just, uh, it was just, man, it was, I felt like I was in a major league city and that's what pisses me off about their departure and the lack of political intent to bring them back. It's like, can I be a major league because we've proven that we can do it, and, we, and there's nothing like more passionate, like you said, than a hockey crowd out of it. Anyway, I'm going to start crying again. But anyway, <laughs> well, well, I sent a video to Perry's event, uh, event that he did the, the other night, and uh, and in that, I even stated, you know, that I, a lot of people have fought to get the Expos back in Montreal, and 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 you, and you tuned into some of these games, and even Tampa with their winning ways, you know, they're they're pulling in. Not a, not enough people for the for the team that they have, and uh, and Oakland was what I used as an example. I mean, it's a spring training game there every day, but yeah. somehow they're still kicking around there. But now I hear this talk about them going to Vegas or somewhere. But uh, um, you know, like I just wish Montreal was in the in the conversation more. Well, actually, you brought a good point because that's what makes me mad. Also, is when you see like the attendance in all these stadiums, and nobody ever talks about them moving. I thought it was always biased because we're north of, uh, north of the border. I mean, honestly, and I've, obviously, we don't have the, t- the the TV revenues that you know they had later on that can actually save a sinking a sinking team. But I think 
nobody really tried to give us a chance to survive. And it's just, at the end, it's going it's to be rough as an image, but it's almost like, to me, going to see an Expos game in the last couple of years in the early 2000s was like going to see your like 92-year-old grandma at the hospital. You know, it's just a matter of time before she says goodbye. And it was just hard to see, man. I want to be a part of it, but you're, you're just ripping my heart out every time I go to that game, man. What a heartbreaking comparison, man. I feel sorry for grandma. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> hey, it's our first podcast, man. I got to give you know, as many – you got anything, anything for the ratings. I'm going to – Well, I'm no, get... it'd, be, it'd be great if they, would, if they would agree to something and something, you know, where, where it comes back. And obviously, Olympic Stadium isn't where it would happen. It, no. You put a new ballpark downtown with maybe not as many seating. You know, put a 35,000-seat exactly. ballpark downtown, a lot more afternoon games where you get your businessman specials. People can work half a day and then go catch a ball game downtown and then maybe a hockey game later on that night if the, if the two happen to collide by fluke. But uh, yeah. Hey, give me know, a good whatever. Wi-Fi. I'll work in the outfield. You know what I mean? It's like I'll work in the bleachers. Give me just, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know. I'm going to ask you yeah. the um, – I'm going to use a hockey uh, comparison because I'm going to say, what was your ma- what was your ma- welcome to the major league moment? I'll give you an example. I was talking to uh, Jordy Ben, uh, uh, Jimmy Ben, sorry, Jordy's brother. His first shift in the NHL as a defenseman was against the Tampa Bay Lightning, <laughs> and his first shift was against Le Cavalier, Stamkos, and Saint Louis. That's a welcome to the NHL moment. What was that big moment for you? That big, of course, the first day you walk into a locker room. You're in awe of everything. You try to, you know, to to just sink everything in. You know, you want to enjoy every second. But what was that big first welcome to the big league moment? Well, it's tough to beat that one right there with what you said. You know, you you get that phone call first of all down in the minor leagues, and and then you 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 call your parents and friends, and you tell them what's going on, and you walk in that clubhouse, and um, I guess you know that is huge right there. And I don't know if it gets bigger than that, but. My, my first two at bats, I, uh, I faced Mike Lacoste against the Giants. Whoa! I walked yeah. my yeah. I walked my first at bat, then I walked my second at bat, and my second at bat, I got down to to, to first base, and Will Smith looked at me and said, "Good Lord, they're pitching you like you're Babe Ruth." So I was like, "Oh yeah, well, what can I say? I, you know, I got 18 home runs at AAA, so maybe so. You never know." Yeah, that's right, guy. But, uh, 18 in AAA, so a little bit of respect. Come on. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, I, I just 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 that phone call is the most amazing thing, you know. So that, that was pretty cool. Speaking of phone calls, you get that phone call for the HOF, man. That's unbelievable. How was that? How was it? I mean, that was yeah. just all those years working yeah, that, like Montreal, working your way up to the Hall of Famer. That's amazing. Just tell us, because I wish I wish I could say that. <laughs> no, that one, that one takes the cake. That one's not even close, you know, and, and it's, and, it, and especially when, you know, you don't expect it to come. So I, I, there's no way I'm expecting that phone call to come. So the, the element of surprise, uh, when you see that two, one, two area code pop up on my phone and you know what it is. And, uh, that's hilarious. Uh, you, really? You, you know, the area code that's funny because two, one, two is the New York area. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I saw that and knew exactly what it was. And then they don't call you to tell you, hey, sorry, you just missed. You know, they, yeah. they only call you to tell you if rub it you're in. in or not. So, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I even I messaged Scott Rowland uh, this year and I said, uh, like it's the day before, and I said, make sure you got yourself in the right spot for that phone call because it's when you see that number light up on your phone, it's going to be a moment you're never going to forget. So, and I, I don't forget that. It's, uh, that was an amazing moment. And I got another question. Who picked your outfit? 
Because <laughs> uh, people don't I, know, but you're wearing a SpongeBob shirt, right? Yeah, I can't even, can't even blame it on anybody. <laughs> well, you know, all of fame can do whatever right, you want, man. You. you know, that's that's a permission. Actually, you know what? I would, that's what I would do. I'll try to shock as many people. Just, like you know, the whole time you're giving a speech, you go, "What's he wearing? What's what's, what's going on? What's you know?" You're all of fame, man. You got privilege that you know you can do whatever you want, man. I, I didn't put that. I I, I play in a member guest down uh, down here in Florida every year with a with a buddy, and and we wear goofy matching outfits for every round and and one round we had spongebob pants on and a yellow shirt and everything and then i found that thing and we we reused the outfit uh two years after and it's the only time i've ever worn that shirt was in that member guest but you know i i couldn't wear it when i played it was too big so it was just a like a pre-golf outfit so that thing sat in my closet for three years four years as the first time i put it on since that golf tournament And then, wouldn't you know, it's right in front of cameras going around the world. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to picture you with SpongeBob pants in your in, in your closet for three or four years. How many times did you and your wife would wear that? Come on. Come on. No, you got to no. let it go. Come on. Yeah. No? That was six years ago. I don't think they fit me anymore, so it doesn't matter. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. I don't want to know. I'm not going to go there. I'm going to go into the uh, – hey, we're going to go into uh, the last segment called The Relief. Let's pass on to the next subject. Segment is called uh, the relief because uh, basically, like I said in the French side, we're trying to put you know the focus on uh, the guys who are about. To actually, all four Quebec guys tasted the major leagues last year. We're talking about Lopez, Julien this year, uh, Toro, and LeBlanc. On the English side, the list goes on and on. Just just a Naylor family is going to provide probably half a team anyway pretty soon. So you're involved with Baseball Canada, which is, by the way, also the sponsor of this segment. Thanks. Of, hey, first podcast, man. First episode, we have a sponsor. Thanks for the LABC and the Baseball Canada. Do you want to explain to us, for people who don't know, the role that you have with the development of Baseball Canada right now? Well, I don't. Uh, you know, I, I, I enjoy putting a uniform on whenever I can. It's it's the only time I put on a uniform anymore is uh, if the word Canada is on it. So otherwise, it uh, it doesn't happen. So I don't, I don't, uh, I don't consider myself a person that would be a coach. And I, I just, it's hard for me to put into words uh, what I did and and how I did it. Um, you know, because a lot of what I did was between my ears, and it's it's tough to. T tough to teach the mental part of the game, which is, for me, very, very important. Uh, and that was a big part of my success. So uh, it, it's, it's hard for me to relay a lot of things. So I don't get too crazy in it. And, this, the, you know, the, the WBC and some of the other events, uh, the Pan Am Games and everything, it gives me an opportunity to put the jersey on for, you know, 10 to 14 days and, and be with these guys. And, and I more answer any questions they have. Uh, you know, if I see some obvious glaring issues i'll speak up but i know these guys belong with with other organizations and they're being taught uh, certain ways uh, that that organization teaches so um so out of respect to them i don't just jump in and try to rehaul somebody's swing and, and make them change everything but i i do talk to them about how how the how your brain could really take you a long long way a long way in this game because your your brain can defeat you Uh, very badly, uh, even if uh, you have all the talent in the world, but, but your brain can get in the way. So it's uh, that was an important part of my game, and uh, and I talk a little bit with the guys about it. It's it's impressive because I talk to all the guys, you know, WBC and all these kids we have 
French-Canadian kids team and everything. You're, you're a mentor. I think it's pretty cool. They Just for you, just to put a huge, it's a huge boost for them to see that, uh, you know, a Hall of Famer guy come in and help and just, just to be around, talk about baseball and everything else. But my question basically is like, who impressed you the most? Some, who's the most impressive player you've had? I think you asked me who the most impressive yeah. player, the player on the yes. was it on the WBC this year? Is that who you're? Uh... Yeah, this year. Okay. Um, well, I think uh, one of your your homegrooms there, and Eddie, when he got you know he got called up to 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 uh, Minnesota, uh, the the guy's eye at the plate, his patience at the plate, and just uh, you know the knowledge that he had. You know, we talked and uh, about some some hitting aspects and some pitch count uh, aspects uh, um, uh, while we were there and. And because uh, I, I talked to him about the two two one pitch, you know, it was a, a pretty important pitch, you know, uh, that either takes the account to three to one or else uh, you're, you're getting even. And 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 I mentioned to him and and about how two and one, how many times you get an off speed pitch on two and one. It's not a fastball count, but everybody seems to think it is. And the only way it is an off speed it is not going to be an off speed is if the two zero pitch is off speed. So you watch. It's amazing how many times you can watch it. So if the two <laughs> pitches is off speed for a strike, the two one pitch now becomes a fastball. So I, I was explaining all this stuff to him, and and, and just and during the game it would continually happen. And I looked down the bench, and he'd be just nodding his head at me, going, "Yep, there it is again." And you're gonna go. <laughs> so just you know things like that that guys can look for and learn, um, because it'd be a lot easier to know when Eric Garnier was going to throw his, you know. <laughs> Bugs Bunny pitch that you had to try to hit, you know, if you knew that was coming. But, bunny pitch. You, know, you didn't. <laughs> but, but, but you knew you knew when it was coming because you told me when I was tipping, and I really appreciate that. People know, but you told everyone. You told me I was tipping, and I really appreciate that. How many guys did you? How many times did you guys face off? Uh, like a couple handful. times, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. don't remember a lot, but I know. Uh, I know. He, really, that was amazing because that changed my career. Really did. Yeah. I'm going to, since, you know, and I love, I must be so gratifying when you, like, you talk about Edouard Julien and just, you know, talk to these young kids and to see them absorb it. I mean, you know, like, because I'm a comedian, and when I look at young comedians going, like, you know, getting their first five, ten minutes and just come out, coming off stage with that, you know, that glitter in their eyes, or just like, you know, wow, you know, when you tell someone to do something, they apply it, and they come back with that same city smile and naivety, and the, you know what I mean? It's like, it's got to be so gratifying for you. Yeah, no, he's gonna he's gonna be successful. When he got called up, I sent him a, a message that day, just saying, you know, it's 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 the. I said it's actually the, the backgrounds are better to better in the major leagues. The lights are better, and the pitchers are around the strike zone more often. So I said it's easier to hit in the big leagues. So get used to it. You're gonna be there a while. So we'll we'll, we'll see what happens uh, with him down the road and how things how things pan out for him. It's something that's, that I see in the last couple of years, and that's being obviously you know really involved in the in the fantasy baseball leagues. But we see a lot more often the jump from double A to the majors than from triple A to the majors. Is there a reason for that? I couldn't tell you. I'm, I'm, all I know is today's players are so there's some there's some big sons of bitches playing right now. They're, 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 18, <laughs> they're good. They're, they're 18 years good. old and the. Yeah, the pitchers are throwing 105 miles an hour. The, the guys are back out of the game right at the right time, trying to hit 105. No chance. So. Hey, you take the top nine when we played, or when you played the top nine now. Who do you think? 
I'm not sure what you said there, Eric. I if you think, if you think, it's, it's kind of like old school versus new, you know, new school. You know, I mean, we know, like we talked about it earlier. Like now, everything's about the data. The athletes are better, but let's say we take the top, the top nine players right now in 2023 versus the best players back in '94. Who wins that game? Instinct, data, or just the athletic, uh, their athleticism is just that far behind, like even from 30 years ago. Oh shit! I'm. I'm saying we're going to go back to 94 because Eric and I will be playing back then. So we'll, we'll, we'll take on these guys. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Nothing beats confidence, man, right? <laughs> I agree. Hey, I'm going to leave you on this question, honestly, because, you know, kids are listening to us. Uh, like I said, it's, it's amazing to see the amount of messages that pop up on the, on the screen. I wish I could have named everybody. Thanks for writing these in. Uh, man, you, you, you just brought us back so many memories. When I mentioned on my social network uh, yesterday that you were going to be our guest, it was amazing to see how many people responded and still love you. And a lot of these fans watching us right now, especially with the ABC, kids that might not have seen you play but knew exactly who you are. And you mentioned something that I, th I think is pretty good about, like, you know, how you can be your own worst enemy with your head. What kind of advice can you give to a kid listening to us who's like about who's on the cusp? You know, he's 16, 17, 18 years old. He's going to be like junior, high junior level. You know, he's going to be being watched by scouts from JUCO or four-year programs or professional scouts. You can be your worst enemy. What would you say to that kid? Well, you know, it, 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 it's just simple stuff too. And, and it's really just not giving up because you don't know when that light bulb's going to go on. It always goes on for you at some point in time when everything just clicks, you know, and, and, and there's so many kids that are, are right on the cusp and they just, you know, taking that last leap uh, is the hardest one. And for some of them, it's, uh, it, it's, you know, doesn't happen, but for a lot of them, it does. If they continue to hang with it and, and stick, stick to their guns. And, and I tell you what, I went to, I went to well, one uh, winter ball, And I did six uh, instructional leagues. So when the season was over, I went down to Florida and I worked at my craft more after the season. So uh, it's a continually continued grind to, to get better and better. And, and even when you think you've finally gotten there and, and got to the finish line, there's still more to learn. So it, it just, uh, it's just a never-ending process that uh, the kids can keep learning and never give up. And you know, you'd be amazed how much data your, your brain can take and, and use towards you being successful. You said the perfect word that gives uh, does give uh, gags almost a hard on data. That's yeah, what he does. I can't I can't speak because no one hear me. So, <laughs> hey, I heard that part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, your mic works when you complain. So keep complaining, but it's actually, uh, hey, Larry, I'm not going to say Mr. Walk again. Thank you so much for baptiz uh, baptizing. Help us uh, celebrate this first episode of uh, Game Over, the first uh, English version uh, of it. Thanks a lot. Thanks for being there. Thanks. For I'm not going to say it again. Thanks for all the memories. Man, but uh, I'm going to say it again. Thanks for all the memories. And, uh, man, I'm so flattered that to have gotten the chance to talk to you. Be well, uh, and hopefully we'll do this again soon. Thanks, Walt. Well, I appreciate let's, it. Let's, let's go yeah. soon. Let's go soon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you guys thinking of me, and, and uh, it's an absolute privilege being the first, first one on the English channel. And like I said, all the people up there watching up in Montreal, uh, I, I love my time there, and, and uh, I'm still, still a big Canadian lug at heart, and I'm, I'm, as I keep, you might see me looking up all the time. It's because I'm watching the Oilers get their butts kicked right now. By no Vegas, way! What's the score? One. So, yeah, five to one Vegas right now. Oh, so, really? Okay. You know, uh, be, being from just outside Vancouver, I I always and I'll, I'll forever cheer for the Vancouver Canucks. But anytime I get to cheer for Canadian teams in the playoffs, so Vegas, I mean, uh, 
Edmonton and Toronto are my are my go dos right now. So that's that's where my heart. Is. <laughs> well, I think you could put like uh, you know, I wouldn't hang out to Toronto too much, but anyway. But uh, thanks for taking the time. Yeah. We'll leave you at the game, yeah, and uh, <laughs> let's do this again soon. Thanks a lot. You got it, guys. Have a great night. Thanks, Walk. Man, come on. God, man, I was like, we talked microphone, about it. Microphone, man, microphone, come on. I know, it. I was like, uh, I was there on my own, man. I was like, you know, I was like kind of rowing by myself on that boat, man. I was like, we had so many great questions. But anyway, okay, we're working on this. It's the first podcast. I'm kind glad of stuff you were that there. I'm glad yeah. you were there. Yeah, but thank, no, I mean, you know what, next time I think we'll, we'll get you a board so you can write the questions. Yeah, yeah I'll just write it just, down. There you go. <laughs> exactly you can just uh, show it up and stuff and uh and it's funny because on the french show we ended the show by talking about like bringing back the expos the importance of like you know what, what a professional team can bring to the city uh you know i hate the fact that we always talk about a new stadium like it's just like an, un- an unnecessary spending when it's actually some kind of it's, it's, it's an investment that's what it is and not just like e- economically where benefits w- are shown <sighs> i don't know I don't, i don't want to go into that boring part but you know what it's What's also great is just like you know the 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 yeah. tw- the trickle down effect of that of like how many kids will play more sports. So we're talking about the expos, we're talking about every sport, and that's what I hate about you know sometimes in Canada and sometimes especially here in Quebec. I think the 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 political will of just giving us the best facilities and make sports sexy for kids to be to want to be involved to get out of the house and bug their parents about take me to the field, come and play with me, let's go do this, let's build dreams and stuff. That's part of it, you know. But anyway, we can go on to this forever. We talked about it on the French side. We'll talk about it again. I could have talked about it longer, but uh, just seeing uh, Mr. Walker. I said, Mr. Walker, my, my heart is bleeding. And, uh, yeah. But on the, look, we're going to end on this. This is, gonna first, uh, this is, this is the first uh, episode of Game Over. Um, I promise that every week I'm going to try to make this uh, background a little sexier. Uh, I we'll think work when... on my mic. We'll work on the sound. Exactly. It, look, it, it, it's funny. It's the first podcast, you know. As far as I'm concerned, maybe only our families are watching right now. So uh, I'm gonna, yeah, I, I'm yeah. gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna encourage people to follow us on the, our social media. Can we just because the whole production office is showing me. You've been on Facebook, Game Over Baseball podcast on Instagram, uh, Game Over Baseball on Twitter. Uh, show underscore game over. I don't go on Twitter. It's a fucking hate fest. Uh, but uh, no, go on the other ones. Uh, Gags and I will be, will be there on a regular basis. And uh, thanks for being part of this. Uh, send us your uh, feedback. Uh, you know, yeah, we know the mic didn't work, so you can say. <laughs> I can hear you, and you know what? I can feel you, man. I love you, buddy, man. I'm looking forward to seeing you again, man. Uh, I don't know All when right. time. The next time I'll get down to Phoenix, but uh, maybe soon because I know you guys are go- going golfing. So thanks for shoving that in my face when Walker, uh, mm-hmm. you and Larry are gonna go uh, golfing. I'm not, uh, anyway. I didn't. I didn't hear my name mentioned. As part of it. Probably in Cabo. Probably in Cabo San Lucas. So yeah, exactly in Mexico. You know, just have fun. Just go reminisce. And uh, and once you play golf, then he'll hear you. That'd be funny if while you're playing golf, your sound beside it would cut off. That's fucking hilarious. But anyway, just a thought. Exactly. No, we'll get over not, it, man. That's working perfect. There you go. Yeah. Thanks for uh, to La Poche Bleu to produce the show. Uh, thank you also for Simon Cowan, who's actually. I don't know if he wants me to say that. It says technical producer. This might not be the right time to say technical <laughs> producer and pronounce the name. Uh, thank you uh, to, to Vicky Bouchard, who's uh, like, I, I'm Bouchard. Come on, English folks. Come on. I, I gave it the accent to make it like, you know, it was actually uh, behind the graphics. And uh, uh, Louis-Philippe Doré for uh, kicking our ass today <laughs> and just being pissed off about the fact that we didn't come. Can we go back to, uh, and of course, uh, I forgot the marketing. Uh, can we, anyway, look. That's what I like. About, that's what I like about podcasts, man. It's supposed to be. I'll give you. A, we're going to finish on a confession. Uh, Gags and I. I went. To, I went out to Phoenix last week. We spent like three days together to talk about the the podcast and stuff. 
subjects, angles, whatever we wanted and stuff. We knew that Believe it or not, we were supposed to be ready. Exactly. <laughs> and then when I came here uh, to the office, uh, I came in an hour before the podcast, I go, don't forget you have four different segments. And the whole time Eric and I spent together, we forgot to break down the show into four. And this is how professional we are. Took a piece of paper, <laughs> and that's how it became the first episode, which might explain what it fucking looked like and what it sounded like. But uh, look, anyway, look, it's big budget, man. Come on, they give me a pen and paper. <laughs> you know, it could have been bark and just my fingernails. So uh, we're moving up, man. We got a sponsor, and next uh, next time, uh, next uh, rendezvous, the next uh, time we're, we're, uh, Game Over is going to be on, it's going to be on May 26th, two weeks from now. Uh, like I said in French, at uh, 8.30 at night, 20.30, 20 hours and 30, 30 minutes. And, of course, at uh, 2,200 hours uh, on, at nighttime. So um, we don't know where our guests are going to be. Uh, we're going to tease them as soon as I, That's what, May 22nd. What, why should, the, they, they're showing me. The, what did I say? Did I say May 2nd? No, I said May 22nd, didn't I? I did. Anyway, I just said it now, so now it's official. And uh, I don't know who the guests are, but... Uh, you know, just knowing who this guy plays golf with, not just Larry, but uh, every day you call good, me. We got good guys. Every day you call me, you go, uh, hey, man, I just golf with Charles Barkley. I know he's not a baseball guy, but uh, do you think we should have him on a show? Yeah. He's a Hall of Fame. We'll get, He'll come in the next day. We'll hey, guess what I'm golfing? Yeah, so I'm not worried about the guest, who the guest is going to be, but uh, thanks for being there. Thanks for putting up with us for that first show. It's only going to get better to uh, to, to, to actually, uh, to quote uh, Michael Wilbon from PTI, we'll try to do better next time, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for being there. Take care, folks. Stay thirsty, my friend. I love you. Love you too, buddy. Game over.